You're listening to the Frugal Spender Podcast, where we have conversations about the one thing you've always been told not to talk about, personal finance. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Frugal Spender Podcast. This is episode number 29. This episode is my conversation with Timmy Merriman-Johnson, who is an award-winning financial content creator, podcaster, author, and founder of Mr. Money Jar. Ever since I started creating personal finance content, I've been following the Mr. Money Jar Instagram account, and I enjoy all the content that he puts out there, and I had the privilege of being on his podcast in April earlier this year, and because we had such a great discussion, I wanted to have a further discussion about all things personal finance related, but in particular the cost of living crisis. But we get into so much more than just that, and I really enjoy my conversations with Timmy, and I think you will too. So here is my chat with Mr. Money Jar. Timmy from Mr. Money Jar, how are you? Very good, Brian. Thanks uh, for having me on. I really enjoyed the last time we spoke on my podcast, so I've really been looking forward to speaking to you today. Yeah, me too. I listened to it last night and this morning again, just to kind of refresh myself about what we spoke about. And we really did go on some tangents about Mm. my previous jobs and probably all the things that you aren't supposed to talk about, but I guess, I mean, we do that already anyway, talking about finance, but politics and race and all these things that are meant to be taboo subjects. And I think we should talk about these things. Mm. I think we spoke in, I think it was April. Since then, um, sort of on Instagram and stuff, your face pops up all the time. And I see that you're doing a lot of stuff for like on the news, Sky News, that sort of stuff. So it's good to see the content that you're creating, getting out there in the more mainstream stuff, probably at a time, like this where it's needed the most i.e the cost of living crisis do you feel like um your message is spreading further as a result of the current situation that we're in yeah the decision firstly thank thank you um you know and on the tiktok on the tiktok side i'm trying to be like you um <laughs> my, my tiktok uh is i think fledgling would be the polite way to put it but um yeah hoping to continue building it no it but looks yeah, good but just across across the board um I I made the conscious decision to talk about the cost of living crisis because um, unlike the pandemic, which I think is kind of history now, right? Because we're in November and there's no talk of Delta Cron or whatever the latest. No, and uh, you know what the fear of it seems to have disappeared, isn't it? Like even if I yeah. hear about a new strain or new variant, I'm like, Meh, yeah, yeah, fine. fine. I've had my four jabs. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, like, uh, the cost of living crisis, by comparison, I do not believe is just going to disappear because it's there are short-term issues that have resulted in this kind of high inflation environment that we're in. So all of the money that we had to put into the system during COVID, the supply chain issues that all the pandemics and the lockdowns caused, the war in Ukraine, and the squeeze that put on um, kind of energy prices. But... If you look at all of the metrics that matter as well, so the strength of the pound, wage growth, GDP growth, the uh, FTSE 100, um, a lot of that has been sliding since Brexit. So since 2016, when the when the pound took that initial massive um, plunge. But then if you go even further back, since the 2008 financial crisis, we are in a way still recovering from that. And if you just look at it on a like-for-like basis, 
if it takes a number of years to get into a situation, then it's going to take a number of years to get out of that situation, I think. Yeah. And I think all those things you mentioned there, it's just layer upon layer upon layer, isn't it? And yeah. It's almost kind of finished on the peak of the pandemic where the something that's never happened before, everything gets shut down. People's wages need to be subsidized. And, you know, that money obviously comes from us eventually. Mm -hmm. um, it seems like the government are doing a great thing. Um, which I guess they were cornered. They didn't have a choice. We had to pay people because they couldn't physically work. People need to eat. Um, and at the time, because it was so scary, everyone's just thinking, we'll deal with that in the future because the future seems so far away because everyone's time horizon was like, right, how do we get through these lockdowns? How do we get through the next two months? And now that it is, or certainly feels like it is in the past, we're now just stuck in the situation where I, I mean, I feel privileged that I learned about this kind of stuff just before the first lockdown mm -hmm. um i had this discussion with georgie my party the other day and i was thinking i don't honestly know the situation i'd be in right now if i didn't know what i now know sort of money wise money management wise getting out of debt mm -hmm. that sort of stuff mm -hmm. what how what situation would i be in in a sort of sliding doors moment in a different parallel universe if um i just continued to be rubbish with money lived on a average wage and you know drove a lot to get to work had to try and know keep up with the food bills like we're all feeling it and i feel like it even though i feel like i'm on top of this stuff yeah yeah um and actually for anyone who's listening to this or watching this who feels that they are rubbish with money it's not your fault you know if if we if when you got to university you were just handed the keys to a car and just told you yeah, drive but, you know, there would be a really high percentage of, of accidents and that sort of thing, mm -hmm. because, you know, we have a system where you have to learn how to drive and pass a test. And for, you know, for the many different reasons, um, we aren't taught about finances in the same way. And um, that results in, like for me, like going to uni and just being in my overdraft the entire time. So it's not, you're not to blame for that situation. And as me and Brian have found, you can, it is a skill that you can learn money management, but absolutely just having control of your finances in the good times means that when the hard times come along, you at least have systems and processes that you're operating off, having an emergency fund saved, having your debt under control, um, having different accounts for different things um, and that sort of thing. And um i'm i'm feeling it too i'm definitely feeling mm. it too the other day i was in the supermarket and i went to the cereal aisle and i just stood there just just looking at how expensive all the cereal was i was just, mm. just really confused i had a, I had a similar face. moment the other day actually i do i now do the weekly shops because uh, georgie hates it so i yeah. just think i'm much more efficient i go in with a plan i don't get distracted by things so i just go in with a list and get it done um and my daughter really likes soft cheese Okay, And I, for some reason, just remembered how much it used to cost. It was 47p. Mm. And this was like the cheapest site. It wasn't, it wasn't Philadelphia. It was the budget soft yeah. cheese from Tesco. Yeah, It was 47p for as long as I can remember doing the shop. Um, and it's now gone up to 87p. And yeah. that seems like such a trip. It's hardly anything. It's 40p. But if you look at the inflation rate on that, it's insane. Yeah, yeah, it's like a doubling. It's of a it. doubled, yeah, it's doubled in cost. And yes, yeah. that hasn't happened with everything, but everything's gone up. And it kind of brought me to the idea of, and I've been thinking about it quite a lot, is the inflation rate that we all we're all told about 
obviously selected from a basket of goods that you know the average person uses, but we don't all use those. No. So we all have an individual inflation rate. So the people who, you know, just buy soft cheese are now having to find almost double the amount of income that they had before to afford it. And obviously that's an extreme example, but whatever it is that you spend your money on, the different inflation rates could potentially be higher or potentially be lower if you're lucky. But I mean, things like fuel and um, energy, th those things we don't really have a choice in, but the things we do have a choice in, we've got to be really conscious of actually looking at and thinking, God, I think what's gone up so much. And if you're not budgeting, which is obviously the holy grail of skills you need to learn and living yeah. below your means, you know, spend less than you earn. If, if that isn't a habit you're in, it's easy to just kind of spiral out and get yourself into debt here on yeah. top of the fear and anxiety of knowing everything's going up uh, and just kind of getting into a corner and thinking, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do because increasing your income. I know I used to feel like is it's like, it's impossible. Whatever I was earning at the time is what I earn. Like people who earn more, more than me have some sort of extra ability they have some so knowledge, knowledge more, that I don't have access to. Yeah, more that's valuable than you as yeah, a person. Absolutely. Um, I used to tie the amount of money I made to to my sense of worth as well, which I'd love to get into that with you. Um, yeah, well, let, 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 let's let's get into it here because I think that, that all ties into it. I, yeah. I, I think I think it all relates to it. And I think money anxiety, which is obviously exacerbated by what's going on at the moment. But if you already feel like, you know, I'm just average or below average person and that's just what i'm going to earn because whatever you earn now you always when you project down to the future you always think that's the sort of salary you're going to be on unless you're on this career projection where you sort of know you're going to get an increase of wage over time and you almost guaranteed promotions which is you know the majority don't have that the yeah. majority live on a wage and they're lucky to get a two percent increase in their pay which obviously is nothing you know it doesn't even touch inflation slightly um those people was that was me and it sounds like potentially that was you too in the, in the past yeah. and i think financial education um for me unlocked the sort of thought something in my mind just kind of oh actually what you know whatever i do whatever value i create for myself for other people that is actually what's tied to the income i can make it's yeah. nothing to do with what my employer tells me that i'm worth yeah I think that there are lots of things that come into this. Um, firstly, oh, I really I, I I quote this guy all the time. The guy who gave a TED talk on creativity, and um, it's one of the most viewed. Like if you go to TED's website, and he describes um, school as a protracted uh, protracted university entry experience, or maybe yeah. he describes school and uni as a protracted entry experience into the workplace ken robinson does he kind of um kind of older chap wearing glasses, glasses. yeah sir and ken it's about robinson. creativity yeah, yeah it's a fantastic ted talk like there's a good I've reason why it. it's so so popular and in a way it is kind of like you go to school you pass your exam you go to the next year then you go to uni it's like all set and stuff so by the time you get to your work you're like, well, this is just like school. If I just do the job that I've been given, then at the end of the year, I'll get a promotion. Mm -hmm. And it's actually like, you can do things that way, but you can also, as you said, Brian, create value. And what I say to people when it comes to increasing your income is, you can definitely make money. 
And the reason why is because we all spend money on dumb stuff or on stuff that we use once and never and never ever use it again. Just think of all the useless things that you bought in your life. You're happy to part with that cash at that moment in time. Talk less of the things that you actually really value. So if you just created that same product or service and you could distribute it to people, people would be happy to pay you. And I think capitalism has a lot to answer for as well. So it's like there's a schooling system, but there's also capitalism. I actually think capitalism is it's like a religion. I think it's a prevailing religion in the West, mm-hmm. which um, a byproduct of that is that it makes the individual just feel like a cog in a massive machine because there are producers and consumers and the people who make the stuff have no interest whatsoever in the people making their money, their staff being educated about how to make more money as well. So you're kind of trapped in this system. Yeah, this, but... this system is almost set up so that you don't, you, you, you don't, the person at the bottom isn't supposed to feel like they can get to the top. No. Even but... though that is what is what capitalism is kind of promoted to be, you know, work, <laughs> work, work, work hard and you can get to the top. But actually yeah. that's not in the best interest of potentially the people at the top. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not, and I'm, I don't think that there's a necessarily a suppression. They're not going to come and like tell you how to make it. If you make yeah. it, I think you'll get a high five, but they're not yeah. going to tell you how to do that. But like you, you absolutely, and yeah, so you feel like you're a small cog in this massive machine. And what I think this leads to is a doubting of your abilities that you have. So many people don't realize that like, if you can, um, if you can code, if you know how to, if you're like, a, if you're good at yoga, if you know maths, you could, you could just jump on zoom and charge someone an hourly rate to teach them that stuff. That is very specific like value adding stuff that you can teach to someone else. Mm-hmm. Or if you have a, if you have an opinion and a, and a perspective and a smartphone, like, like us do, you can just make content, post it online, learn what people want to see, optimize it. And then like brands will want to partner with you because they don't have the time to do all of that. They're too busy. So I really think like every, everyone has value, no matter what this capitalist system wants to say to us, everyone is good at something. And the internet has created an environment now where you can find your 1000 true fans. There will be an audience for you. Doesn't, you know, if you go on YouTube, there's like just the most random like channels that are like super successful. Just uh, what did I see the other day? It's like someone who like cooks, but you can only see their hands and then their voice overing it. It's just, like mm. really random, but they've got yeah. like thousands of subscribers. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And I think, it's almost like that whole um I can't remember the the name, but there's um there's a lot of research into your income is the average of the your five closest people. Yeah. yeah. Um and that kind of ties in quite well with that because if you if you see people around you going self-employed and sort of getting off the you know, off the wheel, as it were, and chasing some sort of passion, whether it's creating stuff online, creating content, getting working with brands, which is kind of the main sort of default online content creator go viral, then brands want to pay you money to just make more videos that hopefully go viral. Mm. But you don't, that seems like the other, it's almost like film stars. It's like you, you watch a film and then if you were to see that person walking in the street, you're like, oh my God, this is, but they just somebody who that's just their job. Mm. It, it's almost seems alien. So unless you, you know, your circle of friends is content creators or people who have done it or actors, it's almost unachievable even though anybody with a phone like you know like this that cost you i don't know people on a contract 20 30 pounds a month or whatever um 
you can just the cameras are so good and the audio is good enough yeah you can you i mean if you go back and watch my first youtube videos like it's tinny audio and mm-hmm. granted i didn't have you know many people listening but the tr- that's what gets the ball rolling and you go and then you start getting a bit of a passion for it and you start realizing i actually quite enjoy writing stuff and creating content and all it takes is that one person to reach out to you and go the stuff you're doing actually i really enjoy or i'm getting value from it or thank you very much and then that's it the snowball yeah. starts going but unless you have people around you um that you've seen as possible and can even give you some pointers to the average person unless they're told just just, just create something doesn't matter what it is just yeah. something everyone has some sort of passion or interest that they can give value to other people yeah um yeah and you yeah you just said so many words there that i love like passion just do what you love actually no let me, let me start from like the first thing that you said that that i loved which was budgeting so in order for you to um find the time and have the freedom to pursue something like this you need to um because like, what, what i did like when i first went to start my business was i actually took time off work I took two weeks off work and I sketched out Mr Money Jar this was like a few um weeks ago so I think you need to have time freedom and a degree of financial stability to even be to even have like the mind space to think about what you might want to do because when I first started working I was in debt I was in like my overdraft and I was doing the paycheck to paycheck game and work just consumed my life I, I don't know if that you, you ever went through a phase like that where yeah I did you just like wake up, go to work, get home, you're knackered, you sleep, wake up, go to work. So you're not going to have the bandwidth to be able to think about things if that's what you're in. So I think just knowing your finances, saving up a bit of money so you can just have the mental freedom of like, I don't need my job. This is just something that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But then also focusing on what you love, you know, um, I don't think work needs to be a, a bad word. I think work is the uh, mechanism through which you make the world a better place and solve problems. So if you just focus on problems that are important to you, and those problems are also shared by other people, they, they'll probably want to pay you to to help them out with that stuff. People, particularly in this day and age, will massively pay for you to save them time. This is why like professional dog walkers can do that stuff full time, mm-hmm. because the pe- they're saving people um, a lot of time are very time poor now. Um, what we do, we're saving people time. All the information that we share is on the internet. But what we've done is we've consolidated it and um, and simplified it down so that people don't need to go to all the different sources and all different places that we've read and watched. They can just come to us. Um, so yeah, you're talking about uh, uh, passion, like um, do- doing what you love, budgeting. And then there was something else that you said that I really liked. Maybe it'll come back to me. Yeah. But yeah. Well, yeah. And the point that you made there, I find quite interesting, actually, because people do talk about sort of um, being time poor. And I think there's also, like you just said, there is a a good argument to be made that people are just sort of mind space poor Mm -hmm. because you're consumed by, you know, even though one of the platforms that I use is TikTok, that is designed to be a lot of information very quickly for as long as possible. So Mm -hmm. like... You, you're not supposed to think when you're on. <laughs> like, just let just let TikTok do the thinking for you. Mm-hmm. And in fact, as soon as you do unconsciously watch something longer than you realize you did, we're going to continue to give you that, which is going to keep you on the platform longer. And obviously mm-hmm. that's that's the algorithm that all sort of social medias want. 
but all that does is minimize your own sort of thinking time and idea brainstorming time because people get ideas when they're not doing anything you don't get ideas yeah. scrolling through TikTok. you might get an idea because you've heard something you like and then maybe mm -hmm. that sort of springs an idea which is obviously the goal of hopefully what we do but just going for a walk outside and not having headphones in and just having nothing happening that's mm. when you come up with ideas that's oh. and that's and and that's when it comes to work i totally agree and that's how i always felt always up until a couple of years ago regardless of what job i did even when i was in the police having four days off um in a row should in hindsight be oh that's quite actually i had four because i had six days on four days off that's 40 percent of my time um one of those days was sleeping off a night shift but Technically, I should have had 40%. That's almost half of my time doing nothing. Mm -hmm. But you fill that time with other stuff. Like it, you're stressing about work, you're worrying about paying the bills, you're not. So I really like what you said there, actually having that security of knowing I don't need my job. Mm -hmm. And like if I have an emergency fund of three to six months, that relieves more stress. I mean, for me, that was a game changer, but that relieves more stress than, than anything because you go, I don't, it's okay. Like I'm not at the You're not peril, yeah, not at the peril yeah. to my boss. If I get called into my boss's office and I'm going, oh my God, uh, have I done something wrong? If I'm going to get fired, I'm going to lose my mortgage. But if you've got three to six months worth of expenses sitting in a bank account, you know, those worries are going to be severely diminished. Yeah. And it seems, you know, that comes from a, um, a place where I currently have it, but that would have seemed unachievable before. Like there's no way I can save this sort of money. And I yeah. did, I mean, I don't know about you, but I did it on a, like, and we talked about this when um, we were on your podcast, but I did it on a very low income, like as far as a family um, sort of income goes, it was below, below average. And having the intensity and the will and the drive, and then also the mental space at the same time was all kind of like a perfect storm for me to get it done. And my goal as a content creator in this space is to try and give people that hope that so they can feel that it's possible because I like, I hate it when people say they can't do it. I hate that, it. That was the other thing that you said, you spoke of budgeting, passion and possibility. And those are, that was the third thing. I actually believe that anything is possible. I think if you can imagine it, then it's possible. And that there are very crazy things that are possible more so than being able to make a, you know, being able to increase your income. When you actually just sit down and think about the fact that like, I'm going a bit abstract here, but you know, that, that there is electricity that, that we can just like talk to each other, like over mm -hmm. the internet. Now that yeah. would have seemed very crazy to people at a point in time. The fact that we've landed on the moon, the fact that, you know, um, it's, it's magic until it happens. Yeah. Yeah. And someone thought someone said someone was really frustrated. They're like, you know, I, I want to be able to talk to people when they're not there. And then they went to work on that problem and they, they iterated on that problem. So I really do believe in the power of um, possibility um, as well. And as you said, you learn that things are possible by being exposed to them, by seeing other people do them, mm -hmm. which is why who you hang out with is really important. Yeah. And going back to the social media point, it's also who you follow and what you follow and, um, in a world where Andrew Tate is like the biggest star <laughs> on the internet. Yeah. Um, and hey, who am I to say whether he's good or bad for society? Um, but if you are consuming a lot of what he talks about or, you know, fill in the blank with anybody else on, mm -hmm. you know, on the internet, 
if that's what you consume, that's how you're going to start talking. That's how you're going to start acting. That's sort of where you're going to start dressing. Um, so you've got to be really sort of careful and curate kind of what you listen to. And for me, personal finance wise, I, I just consumed, I just went kind of all in and like, and I think we spoke about this last time as well, but I just like all day, every day I was listening to podcasts about finance all day, every day I was reading when I could watching YouTube videos. Um, and that's when it became normal to me. Like mm-hmm. if it just, it was passing video and I just watched it, you know, it would have just been gibberish, like pensions, ISAs, these are mm-hmm. all things that people know are related to money, but don't understand at all how it applies to them personally. So um, I always say to people, like, if, if you, if you're anything like me, my personalities get very obsessed with something. So like, if that is you, then there's few better things to get obsessed about to sort your entire life out than your personal finances. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Now that I feel that I've got a hold of the personal finance side, I'm now starting to focus on something that I've massively neglected all my life. And that's my health. Yeah. Yeah. I I see you've been doing marathons and lots of running and on your stories which is good to see because uh, i think another thing that um capitalism kind of tricks us into thinking is that as long as you're making as much money as possible then you're like doing great so your you know your back could be hurting you could be in really bad shape you could be depressed or whatever but you've got loads of money you're really wealthy and stuff and then i realized that actually if I, if my mental health is not right, if my physical health is not right, then that is going to affect my ability to make money. But you need to have, you know, paying for something like a PT and something is expensive. So there is a degree of like finances that you need to have, but I've been focusing on on that a lot too. And I've been seeing a huge return on investment by just focusing on my health this year. Good. I mean, I mean, the correlation between health and money and wealth and stuff like that you know you can draw so many different analogies and correlations between those two things yeah um you reminded me i watched um war for wall street the other day oh what a film great film we went to we we went to scotland last week and on the plane journey there and back what you just said reminded me of it it's that kind of chase of becoming rich at the cost of so much else like Mm -hmm. You can look great you can have nice cars and you can have yachts and chuck money around um but everything else around you will crumble if that's your obsession especially if you do it in a manner that that is illegal but mm-hmm. um i think it's just a good way to think about it i think when i talk about intensity and focus and being passionate about something early on that's how you learn about something and, and get good at it quickly mm-hmm. and then like you said you don't need to like you and i now don't need to spend hours a month budgeting or mm-hmm. um investing because we put the time in before you've you've learned what investing is and you've got your base knowledge and you don't really need to keep up to date with everything that's happening in the investing world because mm-hmm. you have a fundamental understanding and then you can move on to fitness health or whatever it is that you want you want to do that to and you mm-hmm. you know that's that's life isn't it finding passions and then moving on but as long as you retain the good information that you need to continue doing it you can then try and find balance going forward so like yeah. you can spend 20 minutes budgeting a month, um, but everything else should be automated anyway. And then you can go to the gym two, three, yeah. four days a week because that's part of your routine. And you've got that balance of, I'm not just worried about making money. I'm also worried about my health because what's the point in having money if, you know, I'm not going to be healthy to enjoy it. Um, like we started off talking about the, the cost of living crisis and something I was going to say when we were talking about it was, um, it does seem like a potentially 
like quite bad um, feedback cycle the situation the economy is in because inflation is really high and the Bank of England is raising interest rates to make borrowing more expensive, to reduce spending power, to bring down prices. But at the same time, they are trying to grow the economy as well. And if people aren't spending money with businesses, then those businesses will suffer. And then the economy suffers. So I, I just wanted to like get your thoughts and like talk a bit about how how do we dig ourselves out of this like almost like two-headed dragon? Why well, is the multi-million pound and dollar <laughs> question, isn't it? Well, pounds and dollars are the same now, so uh... it, yeah, it's true, and it's all going to be it's all going it's all going to be digital <laughs> yeah. very soon. Um, yeah, I think it's such a complex question, and you can look at it from so many of now. I mean, I mean, Liz Trust didn't last very long from her perspective, and mm -hmm. she obviously wanted that sort of aggressive growth and um, didn't want to tax people anymore. And what is the answer? I mean, that that's it's a bit like the stock market, isn't it? Because it's all um, it's all speculative. The stock market and the economy crashed based on things she said. Mm -hmm. She hadn't done anything. Mm. She said, "This is what I think we should do." Um, and everything fell apart, which just shows you how fragile it is um, to be a politician and to be in charge of so many people's futures and money, like at a drop of a hat, just by saying, um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna get rid of this sort of tax over there, and um, we're gonna just try and grow the economy by um, getting people to spend more money, and just 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 by saying those words. Or like Elon Musk saying something about Bitcoin and it shooting, you know, shooting up just just by saying the words. That for me is kind of like it scares me because I've always thought before, especially before I started learning about money, that these people in charge knew what they were doing, and it's yes. a very it's it's a very strong. It's they must know because yeah. all these people in suits um, are very wealthy, and you know they must know how to run a country and an economy. But you kind of learn it's all just a big game and yeah, like, it's a balancing they're, act and they're, they're supposed to be the best as well they're supposed to have gone to the best schools yeah the best universities and surrounded and, by the best economists yeah, and they're supposed to have risen yeah. to the top but so for I, me I, so the question of how mm, to fix it mm. i really don't have an answer to that mm -hmm. for me it is we can spend all of our time, and I know a lot of people do, and it's easy to go down the rabbit hole of like listening to LBC. I, I went through a stage a few months ago of listening to it a lot mm. because they just, it's all anger, 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 the government this, the government that. But what are you, we're not changing anything by doing that. You just focus on solutions. Fo yeah. Fo fo and the only thing you can solve is your, is your situation and your family situation and your friend's situation. You, those are the people you can influence. You can't, other than voting, which yes, everyone I think should do, mm. but you can't, you know, you can't influence a politician's ideas, which was proven by Liz Truss. Like, no, regardless of you know whether you hated her or what she said, nothing you thought or did at that moment in time would have changed anything. So focus on you. And yes, there's going to be external kind of things happening from the government and taxes, things that you you can't control, but you kind of you got to go forward with all of the like it's just like a multitude of games of how do i navigate how do i get to the best position i can be in whether it's wealth health whatever it is how do i get to what i want to be um by navigating all of this and focusing yeah. on what i can change and being the best person i can rather than just trying to influence other people because you can't um 
Yeah, totally. And I think on the, it's kind, it's kind of, we're a very self-deprecating culture as well, though. Like we, um, we, we sort of like to have a grumble, definitely. But like not do anything. <laughs> we're not doing anything <laughs> yeah. about it. Yeah, bad weather. Um, bad weather. We yeah. like to talk about. Um, um, yeah. But I, I think, I, 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 I thought that Rishi Sunak's policies made sense in terms because Liz Truss wanted to cut taxes and he from the very beginning was like but if you cut taxes the Bank of England is going to raise interest rates and people's mortgages are going to go through the roof he said that because I watched the leadership debates that aged very well yeah um and his policy was around um the windfall tax which he eventually came round to and using that money to offer targeted payments to people to help them get through winter I thought that 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 that's like quite a good anti anti inflationary measure because you're mm-hmm. not raising people's wages; you're just giving them the money that they need, yeah, and protecting um, the most vulnerable in society. Um, so, so that's what I would have done on the consumer side. By the way, I'm just embracing the spirit that like the politicians are no different from us. So I'm just mm-hmm. going to throw my suggestions into no, the hat. Anyway. No, do it. Um, and then on the business side, Timmy for prime minister, <laughs> I'll vote for you, mate. Yeah, that's, that's one vote I've got. Um, <laughs> but then on the business side, businesses do need help with their expenses to be able to continue operating. And so I would want to see relief on things like, um, like rents and utilities. So businesses aren't shuttering and going under a restaurant that I really like, um, uh, called Chukus in, in North London. It's a Nigerian tapas restaurant. It's awesome. Awesome. I've been there a few times now. They actually had to do a social media campaign to ask people to book. I can't remember how many orders it was, but they needed a certain amount of orders before the end of the year, or they would have had to close. And thankfully they succeeded. Like people booked in their droves, good. but like that's the kind of situation that businesses are under. And it's not because their products aren't good. It's because their bills are too high. Yeah. So I I would want to see, um like support for businesses and i do think that the money should come from but at least in part because liz trust didn't want to do windfall tax at all Mm. but i think the money should have come from at least in part the super rich oil and gas companies who are saying tax us yeah we have more money than we know what to do with please tax us and that's where the conspiracy minded um you know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but why are they not being taxed? I think it's an ideological point. So um, it's like the businesses have made their money, so they should use that money to pay their stuff and invest in um, different types. I, I think there's almost a sense that like the oil and gas producers of today will be the wind and the nuclear producers of tomorrow. So they should be using this money to develop, you know, future facing potentially. Yeah. Um, that's if they do that, you know, mm-hmm. if they don't take the money and just pay themselves bonuses and stuff, but I think no, it's big corporations like, wouldn't do that. <laughs> but I think it's an ideological point of no, you don't. You don't take money away from businesses. That that's wrong. Like you let you leave the market to do what it does. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, when people can't like buy groceries and afford to heat their homes, that's like a that's that's a very serious situation. Yeah. 
that and that, that's for... that's my struggle that's where i mm. struggle because all the solutions are at the surface level it's all like let's take a bit of money from this rich person and give it to this person who's less fortunate mm-hmm. um whereas there's a very simple solution let's tax those companies or force them into a corner whereby fuel you know at the pump is cheaper not not it's it's expensive and we all just accept it because that is mm. what happens mm. we just accept that you know your local supermarket has put their prices up significantly um fuel significantly more expensive energy bills all these things that are we that's not even a, almost a negotiable you just go it's happening mm. like watching martin lewis on um well he's got a TikTok now actually watching his previous videos about him just kind of like i don't know what to tell you i don't know what to do this is happening you know next the next april um your bills are going up why are we accepting that that's just instead we're we're not going they don't need to there are there is a way that this mm-hmm. doesn't happen by making sure that the people who are charging you this money like you said rightfully have made more profit than ever before and the and and thing is they've made profit not through any not through doing anything different they've yeah. just made more profit yeah. because the stuff costs more. no more added value yeah no more product we're just going to charge you double yeah. and more for the same product um wages i'm assuming haven't doubled no you know their their running costs may have gone up but that's all because of the fuels gone up across the world anyway because everyone's just i find it and for me that's what frustrates me and that's why i don't want to take a very pessimistic approach to it but i think that's why it's best to focus on you because I will drive myself insane by thinking policy just needs to be giving people um, a bit of extra money to help, which obviously, if that's all we can do, then that needs to be done because people should not go hungry. People should not be cold. That's like worst case scenario, of course, and we should do whatever we can to prevent that from happening. I just wish that, especially mainstream media, um, the focus needs to be how much money has BP made like this year, last year, since the pandemic? That's what we need to be focusing on, mm-hmm. not not. Oh, okay, well, how am I gonna, you know, just, you know, scrimp together and find a few pounds to to get to work because fuel is so expensive. And then, so that that's like the short. Those would be the short term solutions, kind of just the tax and the redistribution. But then I think longer term, um, this is gonna. I'm not saying this to be a downer. I'm definitely not. But I do feel that for our generation. I think we're a similar age to each other. I'm 33. Um, yeah, I turned 33 yesterday. There we go. Um, Happy birthday. Thank you. Uh, it was I, I worked. <laughs> Ad, adult birthdays. That's what happens when you get to your 30s. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, the yeah, so th- those are the short-term solutions. But then there's a longer-term issue of, um, of like, growing the economy. And I think that, unfortunately, for our generation this is the hand we have been dealt like we we came to the workforce um on the tail like at the start of the financial crash then we had brexit Mm -hmm. then we had the pandemic now we have high inflation cost of living crisis everyone is pointing towards a recession next year lasting um you know up to like a year and a half yeah and so i think that it's not that like it's over for our generation but that is the hand that we've been dealt so we now need to i think like just invest in the future now um a lot of the products and like the us is the wealthiest uh country in the world 
I guess because they may, and the reason why we use the S and P five hundred as as synonymous with the stock market is um, that it's a global index. You know, we ha- we use iPhones, uh, we use like Meta's products, Google's products, Netflix, Amazon. Yeah, it's all global. If, yeah, e- even like I when I grew up, I used to think that Kellogg's was a British company. It's like it's like an American company. Mm-hmm. Um, and so every time you interact with these things, you're America is getting a piece of that profit. Um, in Jack Bogle's book, at the Little Contents uh, Guide to Investing, um, he says that fifty-one percent of all the profits that flow into the S and P five hundred are global profits. Mm-hmm. And I want to see the UK be like that. I think that we could make stuff here, and we could sell to the rest of the world. I think it was really cool. For example, when we were the first people to put to to give people vaccines during the COVID uh, pandemic, like AstraZeneca is a British firm. Yeah. I think there's a lot that we could do around energy, around space travel. Like why Why is it, we we literally have the Greenwich Observatory in this country. Time yeah. begins here. So why is it? <laughs> yeah, why, all, all why time is, revolves around England. It starts in England. Yeah. So why is it only NASA putting the James Webb telescope into space and sending us pictures of like, what yeah. deep space looks like we could totally do that we have the brain power yeah um here so i think we need to be like what what do we want to be known for and what do we want people to come to the uk for rather than in some regards kind kind of being an, an outpost for the us yeah. and just kind of copying a lot of what they do yeah that's interesting and the only way to do it is to to allow businesses to to and ideas to thrive yeah and support support them support support anyone who's got an idea but in particular support young people Mm. you know so that their future can be better than what ours was and just give them that space and that time that time to thrive yeah no I, i couldn't agree more so we've both taken quite a pessimistic approach there as the especially our generation um is there any light at the end of the tunnel that you think people can 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 do so people sort of our generation millennials and um what like if you're feeling like hopeless and i know many people mm-hmm. are is there anything that you've any tips that you would give somebody so that they can do um i so i hope i haven't come across as pessimistic i do try and defer no, to realism i, I definitely have. <laughs> i do try and defer to realism at all times i think like reality is going to win at the end of the day so we are where we are. What I would say to people is that, um, firstly, that if you spend time, like when you said that you spend all that time on LBC and stuff, that for me was like the BBC top 10, like mm. particularly during the prime minister debates and stuff, it was just me on the BBC app every day, just do it, just refreshing, refreshing, refreshing yeah. to see what's happening. So the news is going to tell you about how terrible things is now. But what the mainstream media is not going to say is that since the start of the 20th century at least we've had one recession on average at least every 10 years so actually economic downturns are cyclical they occur with startling uh, frequency and you want to think of it like an economic winter do we want it to be snowy and rainy and dark outside no but that happens once a year and so what you do is you prepare for it you can go outside and be like why is it not sunny but I think it's not and it does that every single year. So you prepare for it. One. Two, 
it's actually in difficult times like this, which is where multi-millionaires are made, world-changing ideas come out of recessions and difficult times. There is a reason why Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger are two of the most successful investors of all time. They're both brilliant people, but they also got started in their investing careers at the tail end of the Great Depression in the United States. And if you read... Yeah, like they were just buying great companies on the cheap. And anyone who invested during the coronavirus crash in 2020 would have seen just ridiculous results just from buying at the right time. So this environment that we're in, hopefully, will um, yeah, stimulate some of that innovation and, and some of those ideas uh, to get us out of this. And then the final thing I'll say is just to echo what you said, which is it, you you might feel when you're like reading the news and you're speaking to people that you have an influence over things like government policy, you really don't. But there are loads of things that you can take control of and focus on in your own life that that you can control. You can sit down with uh, like I, uh, and, and make a budget. I use Money Dashboard Neon app to do my budgeting. I look at it every week. You can, yeah, you can make a spending plan for yourself. You can look at your debts and consolidate them or make a plan to pay them off. You can um, like try something. Like we we can both speak to content creation. If you have an idea, if you have a passion, record yourself, upload it, see what happens. Um, and you can change the lives of people around you. You can change, you can help people in your immediate vicinity, your family, your friends, people you work with, your neighbors. And even if you help just one person, that's good enough. If if everyone helped one person, but it was millions of people doing that, then millions of people would be helped. Yeah, no, I like that. I think I think you're right. You do, and you do, you don't come across as pessimistic. You do come across as realist. And I like the knowledge that you have and the tips that you give because I think it's applicable to um, to everybody. And I think one of the things that I've seen that you're helping people with is that you're the national uh, numeracy ambassador. Yeah. How, how does that, how did that come about and how does that tie into kind of the content you create? Um, yeah, yeah. So I've been, been with them since, um, was it last, last May? I think it's been a year and a half. And, um, that came about just from a, from a conversation with someone on the team and our values aligned and, <clears throat> The, the charity is all about helping UK adults and children feel confident about numbers um, because with maths, but also we see this with money, someone will have a really bad experience in the classroom and then just shut the door maths for the rest of their life and just be like, yep, yeah, not good at that. And people do that with money as well. They'll have a bad experience and be like, yep, yeah, I'm not good with money. I'm not going to engage with it. I'm not going to focus on it. So it's about empowering people to use maths as the tool that it is to improve their lives and then i talk about how that relates to money um with them and there are two main um kind of touch points for the the charity operates year round but there are two main touch points number confidence week which is uh this week and the national numeracy day which is in may um and yeah it's a it's a really cool really cool partnership good i'm glad to hear it i was always all right at maths mm. i think um not at uni I didn't do it at a university or to be honest not I didn't even do it at a level level but I always enjoyed it and I think 
the point that you make about having a bad experience i think is is true and i think because so many people do so many, i think my, my brother's very good at maths but the rest of my family hate it with a passion and i always think um you know what what's the reason for that we've got two my brother's very good at maths and i quite like it what is it that because my mum didn't teach us maths my dad doesn't teach us maths. what is it that's what experience have they had um maybe it was a, a maths teacher that was just not very good at teaching or um you know was just not a great teacher and for that reason alone for the rest of their life just won't entertain the idea of trying to learn it um and i think the correlation between that and personal finance is huge because people just think personal finance is numbers even though i would argue it's not is <laughs> is 99% psychological um mm. but obviously because you're thinking about money and numbers and bank accounts and ISAs and all that sort of stuff your brain kind of goes to the math side straight away and if you're yeah. not that way inclined you're just so you know you're not like you're not likely to engage with it so i'm glad that you're kind of being a poster boy for that in the sort of personal finance space i think that's great thank you and we we've talked about we've covered themes you know that that apply to this as well which is you know generally speaking that there, there are two kind of mindsets that people have there's a book by angela duckworth um called grit she also gave a ted talk it's really good um and you can either have a growth mindset when it comes to something or a fixed mindset when it comes to something. A fixed mindset goes, I'm crap at this thing. I will never be good at this thing. I'm not going to bother with this thing. A growth mindset goes, I'm not good now, but if I just carry on practicing and carry on doing this thing, I will get better because actually I can learn anything given enough time and enough effort. Funnily enough, all human beings are this way. When you're born, you're not able to walk and you don't just start walking overnight. You crawl, you walk, you stumble, you fall over. And because you're a kid, you're not aware of how much you suck at walking. It's just a new discovery kind of, I don't have any children, but like perhaps you saw this with your daughter, like mm -hmm. it's a really joyful experience. And then somewhere along the line, uh, down the line, life kicks your ass and tells you, yeah, you're rubbish at stuff and being rubbish at stuff is bad. I love being rubbish at stuff. Mm. I'm doing comedy classes at the moment. I'm not good at comedy, but I know that if I keep doing it, that I will improve. And I think just with anything, whether it's maths, numbers, um, uh, numbers, maths, money, like whatever it is that you're learning, just believe that if you stick with the thing, then you will get good at it. You may not become world-class at it, but you can get to a good level at most things. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I have the exact same mindset. I think um, I purposely try and put myself into weird, bad, it's, uncomfortable yeah, yeah, situations you, you, now. You've got to. You've got yeah. to. And that isn't something that's natural. You have to force yourself to do it. And I think it takes for you to do something um, out of your comfort zone, whether it's kind of like public speaking or wh whatever it is, because there's always that anxiety leading up to it. Um, I don't want to do it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it. But then you do it and then you feel amazing and you go, oh, I did it. It's actually not as hard as I thought it was. And then you kind of realize, oh, I, I can improve here, here, here. And then the next time you do it, you get better. And then like you said, you just, over time, you keep practicing and you get really good at something. I, I mean, I, I do Brazilian jiu-jitsu and that's the best analogy ever because um, nobody knows how to fight. 
nobody, especially with jujitsu, I don't know if you know much about it, but essentially it's, it's like, um, in the UFC, when people end up on the floor, it's like, it's not punching and kicking and that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. it's, it's basically grappling and wrestling. Um, nobody knows how to do that. Nobody, nobody instinctively knows how to do that. Some people can like wrestle and kind of can beat somebody else, but nobody instinctively knows what to do, where to put your hand, what to do. It takes, it, it takes years. It actually takes years. Mm -hmm. And it is the best analogy for life because it doesn't matter who you are. When you start, you're useless. And it's, a, you can translate that to probably anything skill related. But for me, somebody trying to choke you is a great analogy for life. Like mm -hmm. that is a cost of living crisis. That is a pandemic. Mm -hmm. And if you learn actually the first few times, okay, I don't know what to do. And then you learn to defend yourself and then you learn how to do it to somebody else. Um, that if you apply those principles to life and whether it's, I don't know, archery, comedy, whatever it is, whatever it is, you, once you do it once, you realize you can do it. It's like exponential. You can do it for anything. So you purposely find some, that's the situation I'm in now is, you know, especially like creating content, doing podcasts, you know, putting your face on TikTok and YouTube, all these things that like, you think, Oh God, what my friends are going to think who cares what my friends yeah. are going to think? Like, I really don't care. Yeah. And your content is awesome. Like I want, I don't know what camera you're using or what lighting you're using for your for your TikToks, but like yours is definitely one that I watch. Like if I can just get to that level of video, then I'll be very happy indeed. Oh, that's very kind of you. Um, it, uh, for me, that was just kind of lighting is definitely the big one. Um, just to, if you look at like a three, a three light setup, use that, use that for everything. Just like a light in front of you, light to the side, light behind. That'll make okay. your videos look a million times better. Okay. Um, it's not even a what's, high quality. It's a DSLR. Really DSLR, just a couple hundred pounds. It wasn't even, it's not a great camera. All right. Cause what's, what's really cool about your TikTok as well is I went through your feed and I can see the point at which mm. it switched because yeah. you, I think you were using just a normal smartphone at one just point. My phone. Yeah. yeah. And then the next one, it was like the three point setup, the camera in front of you. Yeah. So yeah, that's really cool. So, um, yeah, I was gonna like, uh, ask, um, I'm not sure we're doing for time. Um, like what is your hard thing? What's the hard thing that you're doing? But is it content creation? Um, well, I think that, well, there's three. Yeah. One of them is definitely jujitsu. Okay. Um, um, and, and just fitness in general, because, um, I go to the gym, it's, I've, I've done it since I was 16, 17 and it's become part of who I am, but it's kind of like it plateaus over a few years. Anyone who's like gone to the gym for a long period of time or exercised or done running or whatever, you realize there comes a point where it gets quite boring. Um, and you need to kind of find a way of putting it out of your comfort zone. And for me, that is, that is jujitsu and it's, um, you get a good workout. And like I said, it feels like someone's trying to kill you. So it's, um, the, the, that is possibly the most challenging thing physically. Mm -hmm. Um, but then the other two are content creation, definitely. Um, and that ties into kind of being self-employed. So when I, um, the last time we spoke, I had recently left the police a couple of months yep. before that. Yep. It's been nearly a year now that I've been self-employed. So Georgie and I, my partner, we we now run three businesses. Mm -hmm. um, and it's challenging. Being self-employed is one of those things that um, you learn as you go and you make mistakes. And um, 
yeah that that for me is, is the most challenging and 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 with content creation and doing stuff like podcasts and consistency is always key and i know that's what everybody says um just put something out all the time but it's not easy um it's, it's not easy to to constantly come up with new ideas and when things sort of don't get any traction you kind of lose motivation i don't know what from your perspective but i started creating content about money just before the pandemic or during the no it was during the pandemic um and i just find that the niche that we're in is just exploded more and more and more like there's just every day i see a new personal finance creator on instagram or tiktok mm-hmm. or which is a good thing i think um and it just means that the message is being spread kind of exponentially around um which leads me to my next question i want to talk about and if you if you if you're stretched for time just let me know um there's one thing i do want to talk to you about um and that was scammers um, all right and uh sort of anonymity on both tiktok and instagram um but i want to get your thoughts on um because i know you and pretty much anyone who has a following fan base has had scammers imitate their accounts and stuff but i wanted to get kind of yeah. your thoughts on it yeah um well i'll start off by talking about twitter because obviously elon musk has now bought it and has introduced the eight dollar a month twitter blue mm-hmm. and i was on my personal insta um like i have a personal instagram um I have no followers, but I follow largely video game and film accounts. Mm-hmm. So it's just like an S tier feed. It's just like all the stuff I want to see. It's so good. <laughs> um, and there was a post from one of the video game outlets saying that a fake Nintendo Twitter account had been set up, which paid for Twitter blue. Mm-hmm. So it was a fake Nintendo verified account. And it had, and it, I think it uploaded, I didn't see it personally, but the thumbnail was a picture of Mar- Super Mario holding up his middle finger. So that's clearly not solving the scammer problem. If someone can just make a yeah. fake frugal spender or fake Mr. Money Jar account and pay get for tick. get a blue tick, but you don't have one, that means that we, ha- we have to pay for it in that yeah. kind of environment. Otherwise, that one looks like the real one. But what happens in that scenario if somebody creates a fake? Um, Mr. Money Jar Twitter pays $8, gets verified. Then you come along and you say, no, I am actually the real um, Mr. Money Jar. I need to be verified. Do you both get blue ticks? Um, my understanding is you get a blue tick if you pay. So you, so there could be two verified Mr. Money Jar Twitter accounts. Well, in uh, what, what I'll say is, this is based on my current understanding of it. So I, I may, I may well be wrong, but, and this has been part of the criticism of it is that by making people pay for the blue tick, you have completely changed what that blue tick means. Yeah. That blue tick before it wasn't perfect, but what it was supposed to um, do was distinguish between authentic online pres- presences and not, yeah. but now it's almost like a Twitter plus. Yeah, it should have. There should be like a separate Twitter experience for mm. people who pay for it. Well, I don't think not, you should get a badge. What? Why not have a yellow tick? What? Yeah, what? Like, you know, if you pay, you got a yellow tick, and mm-hmm. you can only you that allows you to 
comment and, and the people who have it and then you have just like as you did before a blue tick and if you want to if you want to charge them eight dollars a month fine do it but blue tick means you you've got notoriety you're famous you whatever the blue tick me- means currently mm-hmm. that remains but if you pay you get a yellow tick and the people the blue tick can i don't know put a little click a little uh, preference saying only people yellow ticks can mm-hmm. message me dm me comment yeah. So they tried to do that the same day that they launched Twitter Blue. They also launched a gray tick, okay, which Elon killed. He got really? rid of it. Yeah, so it's just the one thing. So yeah, I think so. I spoke just spoke about that because I feel like the landscape is getting even more complicated. Yeah, that something that should is, have been simplified and made it better made it murkier. Yeah, and I think I think that the way that that works is going to have to change. But mm. when it comes to TikTok and Instagram. Yeah, the scammers thing is really rife. Fifty um, percent of all the DMs I get on Instagram are people asking me if Mister Mister Money dot Jar underscore underscore is like a separate, it's yeah. like a second account of mine, or if it's a scammer. And I go back to everyone personally and say, "Thank you for letting me know. Please report it because you know they're taking time out of their day yeah. to try and help me, and I fully appreciate that." But when you take 15k followers and you take even just 1% of that, that's a lot of inbound traffic. And um, yeah, I think Meta should do something about it. Now they won't because when it comes to social media, from their perspective, we're just riding on the platform for free. Mm -hmm. We're not paying them any money. We're just using their platform to make money from brand partnerships and stuff, which is why when you stick an ad hashtag on something, it tanks like it gets massively suppressed by the platform mm-hmm. um and from their perspective it, the more bots the better that's more people on their platform yeah i do think the solution to this is creating like an instagram business or a tiktok business thing that you can i would happily pay 10 pounds a month to uh get a bit of support just like an email address mm-hmm. like an email or a person I can call um because yeah that, this is this is my income but right now you're just left out to dry with no support it's um it just seems to be getting worse like for me it was, it was just it was just TikTok um and I looked last night I posted a video and within 20 minutes there were three new frugal spender TikTok accounts commenting on my TikTok comments. And I've already, I looked and I counted 22 different accounts because I blocked, if I look at it, I blocked every single one of them. And just within, just within 20 minutes, three new accounts had been made and were actively trying to scam people. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the most, and like you said, it's so time consuming. And now even people on Instagram and they are the like Instagram scammers, are the most relentless mm. at least with tiktok if i block them they can't comment on any of my stuff again so it kind mm. of just cuts them off and that's it they can't do anything whereas an instagram you can report all you want that doesn't do anything and i don't understand why that doesn't happen but they are the most relentless like they they added because i think they add everybody who's um following you and then try and message them but obviously my personal account is following frugal spender so they messaged me like it's clearly me in the photo like you've you've done such poor research here <laughs> um they messaged me and i went along with it for just just to see kind of where it was taking me and what it was doing 
and it got to the point where I was like, okay, enough's enough. So I said, you understand, I am frugal spender. That is me. And they just continued. They still tried. They, they just basically ignored it and still continued to get me to hand over 5,000 um, pounds worth of Bitcoin into their wallet. So, uh, so a fake account of you spoke yeah. to the real you. Yeah. And when the real you told the fake you yeah. that you I were the real the you. Real, yeah. They still carry on like, the scam. Yeah. Give me money. Yeah. Still. Then they you've st- got to you got to respect it. I know they you they are relentless. <laughs> they have got drive, and I just think I I think I even said to him, if you just put this passion and drive that you've got here, <laughs> it's it's, you're so relentless. Like you could go, go into sales, you would do yeah. really well. You would yeah. do really well. Um, yeah, no, I just I I I, well, I wondered whether um, you had any uh, insights as to how we stop it, but I don't um, think I don't think there is a way. How do we stop it? Um, unfortunately. I think this is just the era of the internet that we're in. Um, I think that, like, as I said, a paid subscription where you get, like, once you're over 10K followers or something, you get an account manager, you get, like, a team that you can contact at Meta, and they kind of treat you like you're a customer of theirs rather Mm. than the product. I would totally pay for that. That shouldn't be linked to the blue verification um, badge. That's a separate thing. Mm. Um, but I think for now, I mean, things I've seen done well is just you just make a post addressing the issue, pin it to the top of your feed, and it's, it just has to be about educating the followers of not falling for that type of stuff. And I do think that people are getting wiser to it now. Yeah, I do. And sadly, actually, that is what people are doing, isn't it? And think if you look at anybody who's got a sort of following in the personal finance space even even in their sort of bio title um says you know you're gonna if i message you it's a scammer and you just think it's really sad that that's kind of become um the first thing that people see when they go into to learn about personal finance and it's almost probably going to deter people from even potentially going any any further because they just think oh you know scammers are going to get hold of me or especially we've been scammed before it's like you know it's it's a life-changing thing mm-hmm. for people um and i just mm-hmm. think it's really sad that we the responsibility is kind of on content creators to have to constantly post and say oh there's a new scammer out there you know please report mm-hmm. them i just find it really sad that you know meta um and tiktok is they're just they're just not doing anything about it yeah but because it because it's wrong it cannot continue forever because like, you know, mm. um, the shift that Twitter has made is a shift away from the ad based revenue model. Mm. We, and also, um, in the news this week, Meta has announced that it's cutting 13% of its workforce or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So these revenue models, which at the time when they first originated in the noughties, we're just making loads and loads of money. That business model is now slowing down. And I would support, at least for business customers, a kind of, you just pay for the service. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I just don't understand why they can't just have people um, just prove who you are. Just just, just prove who you are. Like you do, you do it with a bank account. Just up, upload an image yeah. of a driver license and then you have an account. Otherwise, sorry, you know, you can't, you can't just run a yeah. script in the background and open 10,000 accounts within five minutes because you have to provide actual evidence of who you are. I, I yeah. just, just, just that would solve everything because then you wouldn't be getting scammers and bots. And then there was a really good, I talked about in the last podcast today, actually, um, 
we're having like financially penalizing scammers and bots by posting like you know five or ten pounds when you open an account um with whatever platform you almost like a security deposit like if you go to a hotel room give you put 10 pounds into it you know you basically pay them 10 pounds and mm-hmm. if you do anything malicious or breaches their terms and conditions they're just going to take that money away from you so if you if you're caught to be you know posting on people's mm-hmm. stuff and trying to scam them and you get yeah you, know, you get reported 20 times saying that you're scamming and evidence is provided they just take your money and boot you off the platform mm. if they just did that it'd be interesting to see t- 10,000 bots that's a massive financial hit to somebody who's trying to scam people for five thousand pounds worth of bitcoin mm-hmm. yeah it'll be interesting to see where it goes yeah it i do hope it's sorts. i mean i don't i don't know anybody nobody's reached out to me to say they've actually been scammed so i you know fingers crossed nobody um has been duped by the um scammer frugal spender or mr money jar timmy um thank you very much for your time um is there Anything else that you wanted to discuss before we wrap it up? No, no. As always, Brian, massively enjoyed speaking to you. Um, I think we're very similar in in a lot of ways, and um, I'd love to chat again. Yeah, yeah thank absolutely. you. Absolutely. Um, where can people find you if they want to kind of see your content, see the message that you put out there? Um, I'm at Mr. Money Jar across social media. Any other account isn't me. So yeah, come say hello on Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok. No dots, no underscores. No dots, no underscores. Perfect. Timmy, thank you very much.